In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... I would like to speak to America's men for one minute. That slacker barista. I start getting full of emotion. Now we're going to build this new bridge here. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No, I can't. Betch Up Podcast. Like, how are people surviving? Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Millie Tamaras. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Today, we have a special guest co-host. It is Zola Ray. She's a comedian and content creator who's contributed to NPR's podcast, Everyone and Their Mom, as well as The Onion and Reductress. And if you are if you are a real one, you will know that her name has been at the bottom of the Betches Up newsletter for the past couple of weeks, filling in for Elise. Welcome, Zola. I'm so glad to have you on the pod. The fans can actually hear you. Hi, yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Of course, of course. Remind me how you guys um, met. I think it's, I know it's through one of Millie's like dozens of volunteer do-gooder things that she does. Right, right. So we we can like say fuck, yeah. Yeah, yeah please. Yeah, so it was because I'm always oh. like when I put it on my resume, I'm like the daff. Um, yeah, no, no, you're on a yeah, was- podcast, so we get it. Well, yeah, that's true, but I don't Fox know. Another tier. We, we could say Frick. Uh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was the the Onion Diverse as Fuck workshop yeah. in 2020. So, you know, Millie kick-started my entire life. Um, yeah, yeah. Mine and too. I remember you were, you were hosting those little Zoom parties and asking all the icebreaker questions. And, yeah. You know, oh, that, yeah. that 2020. Yeah, that 2020. Yeah. We had virtual. I, yeah. I do one of my do-gooder things is I do um, do diversity programming for the Onion. So yeah, Zola was one of our uh, recipients. But you know, we don't really do. You know, everyone has the potential to do things on their own, and we just teach people the jargon and the skills, mm-hmm. and then they go on and blossom into their strong amazing content creators like oh Zola yeah has. i mean the newsletter has been thank making you. me lol every day so yeah thank, thank god so for zola much. i am so glad yeah. and then thank you to you because you're you know you're editing it you're adding your own little quips and such yes so, yes yeah. it's fun it's fun it's really teamwork makes the dream work i yeah. wish we i always say like why don't we just have a night show, like a late night show that's just us? Like I could recruit, we we could do, we could make a better thing than is on many networks with just For the sure. people I, that contribute to Betch's sup. Why don't I? We need to pitch that. a lifetime today. <laughs> I love we, that. Why lifetime not? means one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We could talk about murders too. <laughs> Definitely, whenever they need to. It could to. be the instead of Bad Girls Club, we could have like Bad Betches Club. Yes, yeah. yeah. Please, oh my God. perfect. Okay, yeah. so we we occasionally like to open the show with a question, and since of course we are all New Yorkers, my question for you both today is: How much would you have to be paid per year to serve as New York's director of rodent migration? Now, before you answer, let me give you some details about this role. The job. This, of course, comes amid um, you know the rats don't run this city. We do. We do. We do. <laughs> Complaints about rats in the city have gone up uh, tremendously statistically in the past year before we get into this anecdotally have you noticed more rats yeah 
there's a street um there's a street that I won't walk my dog on after Ooh, a certain bad. time. Like after after dark, if I walk my dog, like I'm gonna see four rats on this. After one. dark, the rats run this city for sure. For real, and 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 like the size of the rats too. They're huge. <laughs> they're like possum size, um, and they're so smart. They're so <laughs> smart. That's what. Yeah, they're, they're, it's it's crazy. Um, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. It's what about you, Zola? Have you noticed an increase? Um, yeah, I mean, okay, <laughs> confession, I did, I'm, I am a, I'm a weird, my, my relationship to being a New Yorker is weird, because I lived mm-hmm. in Brooklyn until I was, like, 11, moved to Long Island, which I get is not a real New Yorker, but I'm not, like, from Long Island, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, and then I, and then I came back, like, a few months ago, mm-hmm. so that's, but, I mean, I would say the rats run the city, even if, they, oh, I'm sorry, they run the subway, maybe mm, not in New York, mm. but they run the subway. I did see one like around the corner and I was like, yeah, I think he runs maybe like this block. Um, mm. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of stray cats in my area. So yeah. maybe, maybe that's why I'm not seeing them as much. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there but. are just turf wars and uh, we don't know who's going to win yet, but they're really in the running. They've taken over a, a lot of blocks. Yeah. What about your block, Amanda? Now you live on the Upper East Side? I I don't see too too many, but you know, I got to tell you, I'm not going out after dark that much. I'm really not going out after dark that much, but I imagine, no, yeah, I definitely, I definitely see them. They scurry. They, they, they run over your feet. All of this is very gross to think about, which is why I want to talk about what it would take for you guys to do this job. So the city is seeking a director of rodent migration. Like I said, I don't know where they're migrating them to. I think they just want to kill them. I know. I'm like the Pied Piper. <laughs> right, What's like going New on? New Jersey, uh, Staten <laughs> Island. Get them on funny. the ferry. It's like five <laughs> goes west. Like what is happening? <laughs> like rodent immigration. Like are we talking about caravans of rats? Like what is this we're gonna, language? We're, we're going we're gonna to Ron DeSantis these rats and just send them oh to somebody else's doorstep honestly if eric adam wants to be a dick <laughs> he could send a bus full of rats to florida and texas and Ugh. they'll know what to do they have more space than we do for rats they'll know what to yeah. do if the job is driving the bus of rats or the ferry <laughs> or whatever then that's i don't know i might get a little distracted from the driving job yeah, at yeah, hand just, yeah just you know the idea that there are just thousands of rats so this this job listing is listing is definitely very tongue-in-cheek they want a bloodthirsty person who's tasked with keeping the rats in check and on notice working with departments across the city to find solutions to the problem including wholesale slaughter Dark. so like i said like it's unclear to me from the listing how much exposure this person would have to the rats themselves but i am already over this conversation like i'm already done yeah. thinking about them i don't want to look at pictures of them a lot of headlines about this job have been like look how well paid this director of rodent migration would be because a recent law in New York City requires you to uh, requires places to post a salary range people are really uh, the word range is doing a lot of work there if you see how people are are doing this but for this job they are offering $120,000 to $170,000 a year would you do that job for that proposed amount no I don't think I would I'd rather I was thinking like what what amount would like a million dollars and I'm like I don't think any amount would get me like like I have no joy in, it sounds like, like torture it sounds like it should be illegal this kind of job no I feel like it could be really cool if they got if somebody who's been working in extermination for many many if there's like a guy who's been an exterminator for many years and has that experience 
can transition into a more office role. You know right. me, I'm taking everything literally. I know, but you're I right. Know, they could be, that person has a pass to the presidency. If they can solve the rat problem, they would easily oh become God. like a New York celebrity. Well, right. half of the rat problem is the trash problem. Exactly. You know, we, we don't have yeah. enough trash cans. We're not disposing of trash properly. And then the trash, it, it, everything goes into like, we need more trees. We need more trash, you know, all this stuff. It's all fucking crazy. What's that thing? Is it like a story? The one where you just like keep getting an animal to like eat the other animal and then you have like oh. an infestation of like boa constrictors or whatever? Yeah. 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 I don't know why she swallowed a fly. Mm, I don't know if that's the same thing. Or if you give I, a mouse a cookie kind of. Well, yeah, that's the vibe. Uh, I'll, I'll go for that. I don't. Yeah, I think that's the uh, the vibe. I don't. I don't know that I would get this job. Uh, <laughs> if if I may, uh, like dabble in the. I don't. I don't know if you want to like further describe it. But, no, like, go I saw for it. Because the a, job description a, was very detailed. Right. I saw that you need an aura of badassery. I would love to pretend I have an aura of badassery. I have an aura of extreme, like goody two shoes. The the rats. <laughs> wouldn't they, they wouldn't would respect you they wouldn't i don't think they respect any of us but no, they, they would not even be scared of me so i would make a movie about this with the mm. rock who comes <laughs> to new york city or like we get like some country bumpkin that comes to new york city to like exterminate the rats issue yeah that's a good yeah. holiday a movie, movie. <laughs> a holiday yeah. movie. yeah and then she meets an exterminator and then they, or mm-hmm. yeah, something romantic. Yeah, I was yeah. He accidentally movie. gives the rats her birth control, and then they have a love child. Because you know how that's like one of the ways that they get rid of the rats—they force feed the rats birth control. Really? Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. sterilizing rats. This is getting really <laughs> eugenics real quickly. But isn't a birth uh, control pill like? huge for a rat like it would have to is swallow plan it B like, for rats can rats get plan b before listen, many women in this you country see two rats having intercourse please call 311 so we can send out a plan b distributor listen i honestly i think that they should bring us in to at least consult because just in these past 10 minutes i think we've come up with some really some really good thought starters for whoever does get this position to, to work for yes. Eric Adams. Rats but have I think- more reproductive justice than women do in this <laughs> yeah. fucking country. This, yeah, no, they got no I copay. Think. They don't have a copay. They're getting free birth control. We're fucking, this is crazy. Now, I know Send this is obvious, Texas. but politicians need to reach out to us. Actually, obviously, you talk to a lot of politicians, but you need to run this by politicians mm-hmm. and say, put this in your commercial. The rats. The reason the rats are running the city is because they are able to do proper family planning <laughs> and we aren't having said access or we're being threatened at least. You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. That's You're true. Right. I mean, they we have problems with our birth rate. They are they are a model for us. Easy, easy access to contraceptives. The rats, yeah. suddenly I am warming, I am warming to the rats. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click 
gift mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Do we really have to pivot to January 6th? We must. Oh so we're going to we're going to discuss some of the biggest headlines wrapping up the week, but there are some comical elements to these thanks to Zola who unearthed some real gems in the newsletter yesterday that we'll also discuss today. Stuart Rhodes is the leader of the far right Oath Keepers militia. He was convicted on Tuesday of seditious conspiracy. He is a former paratrooper with a law degree who or, so he's just not one of these like dummies that, you know, couldn't help themselves is the point. He organized militias into a, quote, quick reaction force on standby at a Comfort Inn in Arlington ahead of January 6th. So this is like the scariest things that happened that day or could have happened. He was responsible for is my is my impression. They were ready to rush in with weapons and many of them did. A jury found him and Kelly Meggs, a woman who is leader of the Oath Keepers Florida chapter, hometown hero, Millie. Oh my God. <laughs> Guilty of extensive and premeditated of an extensive and premeditated plot to keep Trump in power by coordinating the mob attack on the Capitol. So these convictions related specifically to sedition and worked the first time in nearly 20 trials that a jury had decided that the violence was an organized conspiracy. And seditious conspiracy is the most serious charge brought so far out of all 900 cases. Rhodes faces other charges that could land him in prison for 60 years. His estranged wife, Tasha Adams, I don't know much about her, like I doubt we stand her, but she said in response to the verdict, I am beyond happy. He has absolutely never had to face a consequence in his entire life. This will be the very first time he spent his life making others pay. This was passed due for him. So this is, you know, a big win for the Justice Department. This person is is worse than a rat. I... 
loved like if everybody who goes to jail or does something, if they could reach out to an ex, I know it'd be like it should be required. Ex, yeah, like required. you should have to reach. It should be a journalistic standard to reach out to the estranged ex-wife. For I love, I love how with the January six people, and I think you've noted that it's always the estranged ex-wife. Like they it's have to add, estranged. it's always estranged ex-wife, as if like ex-wife doesn't have a connotation itself. No, it's just like, I'm beyond happy. He absolutely never had to face a consequence. He never washed the dishes. He never told me I love you. Never celebrated a birthday. And it's like, okay, girl. Never cleaned his ass. He never wiped his ass properly. He never helped me with the laundry. And it's like, okay, girl, we are talking about seditious conspiracy, (laughs) not... What the fuck he didn't do in the house, Tasha. Well, that's true. That's, that's yeah. true. But it does add that whole humanization aspect, which I love. It's I, yeah, you got to always like add a little like juicy, juicy romance or lack thereof uh, to the whole thing. I just think like estranged ex-wife just sounds so like it must have been really bad because it's like exactly. estranged means like you blocked them on LinkedIn. You went back to Snapchat and removed them even though nobody like uses Snapchat. Maybe I'm right. Old, maybe people do. It's like, damn, okay. <laughs> oh, it's all that they do. I know, they it's do. weird. I know the youngins still do. Oh my gosh, I, I just dated myself, I but that's you were okay. Like, how old are you? 29. Oh, I thought you were, I thought you were like 24, 25. I thought you were, I thought you were Gen Z. I, I never know if I should take that as a compliment or not, because like Gen Z is cool. Yeah. But I'm also like, I don't, does this mean I'm like immature? Does this mean no, I look No, no, no. It means you just, mean you look great. It means you don't have Thank any you. wrinkles on your forehead. Thank but you. also, Thank you. Gen Z's, some of the outfits are like, what are we doing? What are we, it's, it is layers? funny in White Lotus where people are like, oh, Portia's outfits are terrible. It's like, this is how they dress. This is how Gen Z and San Francisco dresses. Mm. San Francisco fashion is offensive. I'm sorry. I was just there. <laughs> um, that's that's just a hill. It's And it's so, it is a San Francisco thing because DC bad fashion is different in a bad like in a different way of like very yeah. Dillard's tea dresses, <laughs> yes. but San Francisco fashion is rough. What I was going to say is, you know, it was an estranged ex-wife. Let's 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 cross over from many different stories. The Good Morning America co-host. Oh yeah, I love the it. Sixty-five love plus it. images. If you listen, <laughs> sup listeners, you love news, you love celebrity gossip. Go to page six mm-hmm. and go see TJ Holmes and yes. Amy Robux. 65 well, plus I have pictures. finally latched fully to Who Weekly. And so then they drove me to the Daily Mail article. And that's what I remarked on first. 65 pictures. But I feel like this has been blown out of proportion because aren't they both separated from their spouses? Are they? I thought they were not. Now they are. If they, <laughs> they are now. now. They are. <laughs> they are now. They are now. So pivoting back to a bit more color from these January 6th trials, others on this particular trial were acquitted of seditious conspiracies specifically, but guilty on other charges. One gentleman that Zora brought to our attention is Thomas Caldwell. He is one of three other Oath Keepers convicted this week. His defense is that he was just in a silly, goofy mood. When testifying in his own defense earlier this month, the 58-year-old Navy veteran told the jury he was being, quote, a little bit of a goof when he made derogatory remarks about Nancy Pelosi and suggested he knew where Mike Pence lived. 
Caldwell also, he was texting his friends like a play-by-play of what was happening and like how he felt about it, including that he wanted Trump to start rounding up and executing the traitors. And he defended himself by saying that he just does, quote, a little bit of creative writing and also was making some references to Call of Duty. Uh, According to CNN, a juror just like was laughing hysterically when he made the creative writing comment. Dude, I don't know. You're, You're both writers for a living. Have you ever done any? Have, have you ever written anything creatively that threatens the line of entire line of succession? No, not even. I don't even think part of the the line of succession. Not actually. even a single part of it. <laughs> you There's can so much other things to write about. These now, what what's going on in the juror? The juror was the juror actually laughing, or? Were they flirting just like in the Gretchen Rubor? Oh my God. I know. (laughs) Just like in the Gretchen Rubor place where a juror had to be dismissed for flirting too, for eye fucking one of the alleged kidnappers. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. Neither will will the judge. Neither will the judge. Kind of disappointed you didn't ask Gretchen, uh, you know, if how she felt about being a love misconnection. It was off the table. It was, it was, it was put the on the table. table secretly, like, and then you were like, "Never mind." Although that specific thing, I should have put off the table. It's like we can totally skip the kidnapping plot, but what about remember that the juror? people who I fucked? Yeah, that's she was, what I she was. Know. She was very cool and chill, though. She was actually yeah. a a very a very fun interview. Yeah, uh, we also randomly had Chelsea Clinton yesterday, which was great. Go listen wow. to that too. I know. Oh, yeah, we had them both on the on the same day. She was very fun. She, I don't know how she does everything that she does, but she was like much like looser and, and chiller than I thought she was going to be. I wanted to make for our listeners and for, for, for all of us, I wanted to make a very good in, impression. So, you know, that we have a, a gateway to the secretary, of course. But yeah, yesterday's right. episode was amazing. So one more serious headline from D.C. today. The Senate has finally passed a bill to protect same-sex and interracial (laughs) marriage on December 1st, 2022, 2,000 years after Christ. What the legislation does is that it ensures same-sex marriages will be recognized in states that could move to ban it if the Supreme Court were to overturn LGBTQ marriage protection. What it does not do is like force every state to legalize to legally safeguard same-sex marriage right now or like write a law. Yet still, 36 Republican senators couldn't get on board with that. That is something that always causes outrage, but something that I'm personally never surprised by. Mm-hmm. I have in front of us the list of the 12 Republican senators who did vote for it. They're kind of the usual suspects. I mean, Joni Ernst is kind of surprising to me. Yeah. The list of uh, Republicans here did vote for the bill to like say, safeguard same-sex marriage. Yeah, that's marriage, pretty surprising. Doing. Yeah, some Honestly. of these are surprising. Both North Carolina uh, senators, Roy Blunt, Mitt Romney is <laughs> Mitt Romney also when he's on there, because he, he, he's quoted as being like, yeah, I'm religious. I'm, I, I, he says, his quote is actually, I prefer traditional marriage. And it's really just like, that's great well, for no you, bro. You, <laughs> like, you said it. You said it. Nobody's, it's like he knows there's a range of options. Like, as opposed to same sex or polygamous, I prefer traditional. Well, good. Because no one fucking, like, we're asking you about other people. Yeah, then have a traditional marriage yourself. Like. Yeah. I mean, most of these do make sense because Maine, Alaska, North Carolina, these are all like purple states, basically. So it would, it would, you know, Wyoming, no, West Virginia, 
Well, the other um, thing is that, you know, some of these people on this list just won re-election and they, they didn't support this. I actually should have compared this, but, you know, this this is, I think, the same thing that they put up before the election. So some of these people probably won and then felt even safer. I mean, Lisa Murkowski was always on this, I think, and Susan Collins and Rob Portman. Um, they're, they're always there. But I think, you know, I think the people's justification for not supporting it um, was just, you know, states' rights. And everybody always points out that Mitch McConnell is not married, is married to an Asian American woman. I guess he's just like he. I, he's probably just not worried about Clarence Thomas touching that. Yeah, the, well, he shouldn't be. Rich, yeah, I mean, you're, when you're that rich, like race does not compute in the same way. And there's a lot of there's a lot of discussions about as we go forward the mutations of white supremacy hitting Latino, you know, rich Latinos, rich Asian people, like that. That, that there's. Totally a discussion as we talk about in the future of this country, what it looks like, what the Republican Party looks like in the future, becoming more multicultural and like the considerations of race. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, again, white people, I mean, Jewish people, Irish people, Italian people, these were people who were not considered white 60 years ago. So maybe 60 Mm -hmm. years from now, people would not view um, Mitt Romney's wife as you know, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's an interesting conversation to have about mm-hmm. race in this country. Um, Mitch McConnell doesn't give a shit. Like he's going to yeah, I mean, proximity to now. the white, like white straight heterosexual patriarchy, like a races, you know, whatever marginalization from from race there is. Not exactly. in all cases, but did you guys also see this morning? Because we have some some more time than I thought that um, the Republican Lieutenant Georgia of governor said he could not <laughs> vote for Herschel Walker. Yeah, he, he went in the booth and didn't vote and he left. Was so which I'm melodramatic about it. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing else on the ballot, right? So he obviously just so like what did true. he do? Wait, Give it back. Right. Yeah, did, yeah he, he's he, a he, he, So so well, I imagine paparazzi was following him, right? Because he's a p- politician, and he who just paparazzi. Was, I, don't I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know, what publication is following the lieutenant governor? Okay, of Georgia. I was thinking, I was we sent a photographer, you know, yeah, like maybe the AP or Getty was doing some something down yeah, there right. and they captured him. You know, I was thinking of it because um, a friend of mine was like right next to de Blasio online one time and uh, there's a bunch of pictures of her. But I so guess funny. like because there was pictures of him. Um, but I guess um, like that's maybe that doesn't. Yeah, okay. you just maybe really exaggerated with the paparazzi. Maybe so some. <laughs> okay, okay. I exaggerated well, but with regardless, the paparazzi. He, he wanted to be seen. He wanted, he wanted to, be, to seen. be seen. He's like, I waited in line for an for hour. For an hour. Okay. And it's also like, you could have waited in line for five minutes. Yeah. If you weren't a dick. <laughs> yeah. If you weren't a dick about fucking voting rights. So fuck off. You waited for an hour for nothing, you dumbass. So funny. You could have waited five minutes for it. Self-checkout. Um, I would love it. Was that his, like, he knew who the people were. Like, why did he says it like he got the paper and looked and was like, wait, these are the people? So okay, I'm like, did yeah. you just wait on, did you waste an hour of your day to make the statement that you're not going to vote for anybody? Like, did you leave the house Maybe. planning that? I, I wonder if, it's interesting because Ron DeSantis also like today or yesterday said, you know, the midterms were a disaster and we, these were not good candidates, which also seems like a dig at like, let's stop, you know, doing everything Trump says. And we know in Georgia, like they don't, they went like hard for Brian Kemp. So it definitely could be a like a very strangely elaborately staged rejection of Trump yeah. endorsed candidates. But it's just like, I don't know, he should have hired um, a marketing 
uh, brand marketing team to come up with something stronger, honestly. It's a little Yeah, it's like a last, sorry, it's like the opposite of a last minute endorsement, which is like so <laughs> crazy. Like it's, it's, it, there has to be something else here. It's just so interesting that like Republicans on a national level could, 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 de- I guess they couldn't deny Democrats like a tremendous amount by denying them one more Senate seat. Like this would probably look different if it was getting them to to 59 versus 51. But like they really just I, I can't, you know, knock on wood, obviously, but it's hard to see a scenario where where Walker wins. I think he even already in the election got tw- 200,000 fewer votes than Brian Kemp and people just aren't aren't turning out. But I wonder well, if we'll see any more an mellow, yeah, melodramatic reactions from from Republican lieutenant governors. Wait, and this is the guy also, he like, he like wrote a CNN op-ed where he was like, you must call three people. That's right. You got to call Trump. You got to call Kemp. You got to call Trump and say you don't like him mm-hmm. and then call Kemp and DeSantis and be like, Hey, I, I like you. Oh my Which God. Is, I right. mean, I don't know. That's the vagueness that I'm, yes, that's yes, what I'm yes. putting on it, but I don't know. That feels very, very like it feels like they're all it feels like Gretchen Wiener's energy where they're like yeah. we gotta yeah like we gotta turn this is our moment let's all collaborate in this weird way to like to like s- subvert Regina we have to make a re- Mean Girls Republican reboot yeah, yeah. none there of them are charismatic so much. much like Gretchen Wiener's you know doesn't really have the charisma and the and the leadership quality of Regina George. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Trump is the ultimate Regina George. Yeah. And Not that I think he's charismatic, but you know what I mean. No, monster, but also he got something. There's something. It sucks because there is something there. Mm-hmm. And the more time away from him actually having power in the office, the more I can see it like objectively. Mm-hmm. He yeah, could well, be something. The, the more distance but, we get from like the atrocities. Yeah, like, or yeah, like the millions of people that died. Well, you know, today I, it's interesting because today I wanted to, there's a picture going around of the Macrones visiting the Bidens and they all look really happy. They're at a cute dinner and people always like to contrast how happy world leaders look with, with the Bidens and how bummed out they looked with the Trumps. And so I Googled with the Trumps, they were elated to be together. They were having a ball for like most of the Trump administration. Who? <laughs> so, uh, Macron and Biden are in Trump. There's like pictures Macron of them like holding happy hands. To be with Trump. There's lots of pictures where they're just like arm in arm. I don't know. And then I think there was a, a time when things turned. But but oh, this is this is a very fortuitous pivot because for today's we're gonna t- we're gonna play a very very brief version of support or suppress just because I think that this French headline fits into it. Zola, this is a game that we play sometimes where we typically go over a few headlines from the week and discuss whether we are just for or against the outcome. But both of those words have sup, so that's why we use them. <laughs> Supplant. France's highest court has ruled that a man fired by a Paris-based consulting firm for allegedly failing to be fun enough at work was wrongfully dismissed. So here's some background. The man claimed he was fired in 2015 because he refused to take part in team building activities and weekend social events. The company attributes his dismissal to professional incompetence, which seemed to involve the failure to participate in corporate seminars and events. The man's lawyer said that he avoided these weekend corporate events, though, because they included, quote, excessive alcoholism. See, excessive alcoholism has the same energy as estranged ex-wife. 
<laughs> it's just like redundant, and, and, right? And, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you're you're really exaggerating it there. Uh, they included excessive alcoholism and promiscuity on these weekend work trips. And the gentleman said that what the company described as its fun culture actually involved humiliating and intrusive practices. He said that there were crude nicknames, and that when he went on these weekend retreats, he had to share beds with employees. No, in their yeah. defense, yeah, there's. The company claimed that this guy was actually the problem, saying that he was fired due to, quote, this is interesting because this is probably an interesting translation, but a brittle and demotivating tone towards towards subordinates and that he struggled with feedback. The court disagreed, saying that refusing or that that wasn't, you know, enough of a defense, saying that refusing to participate in social activities is a fundamental freedom under labor and human rights laws. So do we support or suppress, uh, I guess, do we support or suppress getting fired for not being social at work. Suppress getting fired, support exactly. the guy. Yes, yes. So I, yeah, so Elaborate. I, I, yeah. Okay, I, I feel strongly on this on many levels. Okay, so <laughs> I just feel like work events make me stressed out because you have to like perfectly balance being fun and being professional. And if you go too far in either direction, you somehow get in trouble. I also think this issue does like as a black woman this speaks to me because this issue affects a lot of black women um and i don't always know if it affects like like if it's happening to me because like of the whole complicated like i'm an ambiguous biracial person and some people like don't perceive me as black or whatever but all so be it right but like I just think there's so many, like, yeah, like, so many black women get, like, criticisms at work that are just, like, you're not being fun, you're not, like, opening up to people or something, and and it's, like, Mm -hmm. um, well, like, if you're being productive, why does it matter? Um, Yeah, I just, I, and obviously in this guy's case, there, like, there should be another entire case about this company and, like, sexual harassment (laughs) and stuff. Like, what? (laughs) Right, right. And I'm sure, like, and now that you mentioned, I'm sure it's also like these these events are probably where you're most likely to get microaggressions, these like happy hours and like corporate right. seminars. So like I would guess they're also not, you know, super appealing. Yeah. I don't know. I mean I sleeping feel in like, the same bed as an as a coworker is definitely unacceptable. Yeah, that's 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 fucked up. But I'm also like the company said he's brittle and do more. Like, I'm like, this guy sounds like a dick. He does Which sound like, like, this is the thing. He sounds like he's a dick to like not, a, he sounds like a no person. He doesn't sound, you know, solutions oriented. He sounds like he sucks to work with, but it seems like the court was still like, it sounds like you fired him for not going to the retreats where you guys just get drunk and rage. Well, I don't know though, because then it's like, okay. Yeah. This is one of those things where I'm like, everybody's the asshole because I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, don't fight. Like, no one should be forced to go to this shit. But it's also like the reason people do have these, you know, work things is because it does, you know, as a social person, like it does make it easier to work with people when you have some sort of connection and connection comes out of like outside of work in more casual conversations when you know, Oh, this person has two kids or this person and you learn things about people's lives and you you're able to connect. It makes work a more pleasant place. And when you have somebody who's like, doesn't want to participate, it just makes it more difficult to work and connect with them. And then, you know, when they have like not, taking feedback well and all this shit like 
I'm sure that it wasn't the only reason. And the fact yeah, that yeah, he, yeah. he took it to the level of suing them. He I'm sued like, this them. Guy's so he's, this has been a seven year 20, legal yeah, fight. Seven year. I'm like, this what? guy is 100% a dick. I mean, but I, yeah. also I'm like, go off for getting money from a company. Like I hate, co- I hate defending it's companies. only like a couple thousand euro, but he's then trying to get like 500,000 euro no. from them. I mean, it sounds Calm like down. this company is like, they're like, yeah, we're a fun place to work. And if you're not into that, then then you can go. And France was kind of like, well, you can't really do that. And I do, I do kind of agree, but there should just be more transparency. Obviously, like if you are neurodivergent or have extreme social anxiety, hopefully you can find a workplace that will like accommodate that. Yeah. Like I can definitely like as as an as an extreme introvert, but like I don't know, like to make an example, like Betches is an extremely social office and there's lots of options and events, and I never feel like it's a problem if I don't go to things like I never feel like it compromises my ability to like collaborate or work with people sometimes yeah. I just get FOMO because I don't want to take the subway that day but like even at Betches where it's like the most fun place ever I am an extreme like I just can't imagine like this guy must have just been a dick paired with I don't know what he means with like pr- promiscuity but it sounds like he yeah, couldn't hang and for out. some reason everyone else at that place kind of like can <laughs> well I don't know I well yeah, I mean, yeah, I would have to. Both of the statements sound very strong. What is it, brittle, and then promiscuity? Yeah. Which, and both of these are translations to English. So I'm like, right, right. What did he say? Like they make dirty jokes. Like I don't know. Yeah, I was just sort of thinking about it more. This is obviously very extreme, but I was sort of thinking about it in terms of you know people work from home more. I can see it kind of. I can see these tensions potentially coming up in other sort of types of workplaces, and I think that they already have. I just happen to not work at like you know, a place where you always had to be there all of the time and like, you know, mandatory happy hours as part of like networking. Like if you have kids or you take care of a spouse or somebody like that, that's just not going to happen. That doesn't mean you're not fun. This guy does sound like a dickhead. He sounds like he's just not fun to be around. To like push this past the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, the seven years, the seven years, seven years, that is, that's bold. That's petty. Yeah. But I have to admire that level of pettiness. Like honestly, no, yeah, he must have felt really, really, really offended by the idea that he was he was not fun. That's all the time we have for news today. Zola, where can people find uh, find more of you? Um, how many how many things am I allowed to say? Uh, Whatever, girl. Twitter, Twitter at Zola M Ray. While Twitter still exists, oh my Instagram, god, yeah, at uniquely Zola U N I Q U E L Y Z O L A, and TikTok is the same as Instagram. Nice. TikTok. Good for you. (laughs) That is our show. Thank you so much, Sola. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Billy Tamaris. And this is the Betchessa Podcast. Bye. Bye. The Betchessa Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at suppod at betches.com. Betches.